Hello, hello, hello to all of God's precious, wonderful people watching me around the world. Today I have a word really from the Lord for you. And I have my amazing class with me from BHI. And they're all listening in. And I want to show you from the scriptures how to finish strong. How do we finish well as believers? And I was just sharing with our wonderful people from BHI about the reports now in the West, especially in this country, the decline of uh, people uh, in the church and the decline of those who believe the, the Word of God to be the Word of God. For, for, for example, you probably heard me say, only 6% of the youth today in the church, in the church, who claim to be believers actually believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. So that is a shock to us, that the majority of them, of the youth I mean, do not believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. So we are seeing, we are now seeing the great falling away happening before our eyes. And the Bible says before the coming of the Lord, there will be a great falling away. I think we are actually seeing it. So to us believers, the remnant as we are called, what does the Bible tell us to do? To finish strong. And that's what I want to deal with today. And God willing also tomorrow. So Father I give you praise for your word. Your promises. And your leading us right now. That you will lead us. Through your blessed word and Holy Spirit. That we will see clearly. What your word says. And how to finish well. In Jesus mighty name. And God's people said amen and amen. Now look I am determined. And I'm sure you are determined. We will finish well. But what does the Bible tell us? What does the Bible say about this? So let's just begin by saying this. That I think is so so important. Uh, People usually do not keep. The fullness they begin with. They don't keep the, the anointing. That they begin with. So if you look at the word of God. We have seen examples in the word. How someone who begins well. Doesn't finish well. Well we don't want to be one of them. Okay. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Samson. Okay. Samson started well. In fact. Let's just go and and see how well he began. And that's in Judges 14. So I'm going to be very transparent with you. I'm going to be very open with you. I'm going to show you what the word really says about this. So Judges 14 verse 6, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord came up, you know, came upon him mightily. Think about a man who begins with a mighty anointing on him. That he rent the line like he was tearing apart a goat. And he had nothing in, in his hand. Later, that same man, that same man that we see so anointed and begins with such power on his life, such an anointing on his life. Now, you look at uh, Judges 16 and you look at verse 20 and 21 and we see a whole different picture. Here he is with Delilah. She says, the Philistines be upon thee. He awakes out of his sleep, he said, I will go out as a, at other times. But it says he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. 
Here's God leaving a man who began with a mighty anointing. And it says, And the Philistines took him, put out, they put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, and now he's in a prison. Now that's not finishing well. Um, Saul is another example. And that's in First Samuel chapter 10. Now, think with me here, how mighty he started. I mean, when, when you look at King Saul, or even Samson, uh, that anointing on them was much mightier than even some preachers have today. When they started, I mean. Think about someone like a Samson with such a mighty anointing on him that it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, but he didn't stay. And he did not know when the Lord left him. He says he wished, I think this is the saddest verse probably in that whole chapter, maybe the whole book. He wished not that the Lord departed from him. He thought he was still okay. As many people today think they are okay. It says, take heed lest you fall. All of us need to, to listen to that amazing counsel in the book of Corinthians. Take heed lest you fall. So here is, here is Saul in 1 Samuel 10. And look at this. In verse 5, it says, now this is Samuel talking to Saul and says, After that you will come to the hill of God with the garrison of the Philistines, it will come to pass when you are come there that you will meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and tablet and pipe, meaning musical instruments. And it says, and they will prophesy, and the Spirit of the Lord, verse 6, watch this, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. I mean, this is a powerful way to start a ministry. He begins ruling as a king with a mighty anointing. So, he starts powerfully he starts well everything is great and then it it says in verse 8 you'll go down to Gilgal and I'll come down to you there and so on and so forth and it says in verse 9 that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel God gave him watch this God gave him another heart God gave Saul a heart that was pleasing to the Lord. So he's anointed with a good heart. And then verse 10 says, And when they came to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied. He had the gifts of the Spirit. He had a beautiful heart that God gave him. And so on. But how did he finish? How did he finish? Look at chapter 16 of the same book. 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. And this is frightening. This is really scary. And this is what none of us want. It says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Well, he didn't keep what he began with. 
a man who starts with a good heart that God gives him, a man who begins with the anointing coming on him and prophesying with the prophets, now he ends up where the Lord leaves him, just like Samson. And it's even worse than that, that a demon takes over. Now I know nobody, no, no, none of you want to finish like that. I know that. But how do we finish right? How many of you do not want to finish like Saul? Put your hands up high. Come on. Okay. And I'm sure you in your homes are doing the same thing. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to displease the Lord on that day. We don't want to stand there ashamed of the way we all blew it and messed up. We want to finish well. There are secrets in the Bible I've discovered that I want to share with you. That God showed me because I am. I'm saying, Lord, show me. I want to know for me. I want to know for me. What do I do, Lord, for my life? I've been living in this blessed life nearly 50 years. In ministry almost 48 years. How do I finish well, Lord? I want to know for me. And today, as I'm reading the book of Corinthians, something jumped out of the, of the book. For me, I mean. And I think today I want to share this with all of you. So, let me just say one more thing. David, King David knew the danger. Why would he say, why would he say to God in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew, renew, renew a right spirit within me. Why would he say that? Cast me not away from thy presence. Because he was afraid that God may do that. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Why would he say that? Because he just slept with Bathsheba and he knew he was in danger of losing everything. So he prays this amazing prayer we all love to read and make it our own prayer. I've made that my own prayer. I want you to make that your own prayer. Catherine Kuhlman used to say she prayed that every day of her life. Guess what? I do too. Because I don't trust myself. I don't trust my heart. I only trust Jesus. We cannot trust this flesh. There, There is nothing good in it, as the Bible says. Jesus and only Jesus can keep us, guys. I mean, think about David saying to God, saying to God, give me a willing heart because my heart isn't willing. So give me a willing heart. Listen to the words. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from, from your presence. Take not your whole spirit from me. Restore, restore, meaning he lost it. Restore unto me the joy that I had of my salvation. And hold me up with a willing heart. And then, then I will teach transgressors your ways. And then I'll bring sinners to you. Because we can't hold ourselves up. So, you look at the word. Now, before I give you the answer, let me show you the dangers. Because there are dangers. So you say, okay, this was Samson, and this was Saul, 
and David who slept with, with Bathsheba. Listen, what happens to individuals can happen to a whole church, a whole congregation. Example, the church in Corinth. That's what jumped at me today. The church in Corinth. They start good. They start good. But did they, did they continue good? No. There was divisions among them, carnality among them, fornication among them. Paul had to deal with all kinds of questions they had about marriage and food offered to, you know, food that was offered to idols on, on, on and on because they were confused, I guess. They did not know what the answers were. Had to rebuke them for the way they were taking communion. It's all there. It's all there. I read nearly the whole book today. And I'm looking at a man like Paul crying out that these people would get, you know, would, would get things right, basically. So, if you look at 1 Corinthians, it's really quite amazing to me. Quite amazing to me. Let's look at it quickly, please. 1 Corinthians, let's, let's begin with, with chapter 1. And let's look at verse 3. They start great. They start great. Grace be unto you, peace from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus, that in everything ye are enriched by Him, in all utterance, in all knowledge. But watch verse 6. Verse 6 shows that the way they started was in the past, because it says, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, was confirmed in you. So you began right, because it was confirmed in you. In other words, you're not there now. It was confirmed in you. But look then at this shocking verse 11. He goes from, you know, grace and peace and so on and so forth, and the testament of Christ was confirmed in you, and you didn't like anything when you began. Now verse, verse 11, it's been declared unto me, of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. <laughs> Here's this church that begins beautifully and ends up having division. And not only division, but look at chapter 3. Look at verse 1, 2, and 3. The same people who began beautifully, now it says... And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but unto carnal. He says, now you become carnal. I fed you with milk, not with meat, because you could not handle it. And verse 3, for ye are yet carnal, because there is divisions among you, envying, strife. You walk as men. And they kept going down. It didn't get better with them. Because in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1, it says, It's reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication, it says, as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. Here's a guy sleeping with his stepmother in the church. And Paul has to rebuke them for that he said you are puffed up you, 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 you haven't even mourned and repented 
And then verse 3, For I verily as absent in body, present in spirit, have judged already. He was already telling them. There will be judgment on you if you don't change. And then he says, In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one to Satan. Meaning, cut fellowship with him. Don't let him stay around and pollute the rest. How about the church in Galatia? That started beautifully and ended up in legalism. That's in Galatians. Now, I'm going to give you the answer. So, give me a little time here. But I have to show you that are dangerous. And today we are seeing a lot worse. A lot worse happening now while... Well, you know, I'm talking to you. You know, out there is way worse than this. Way worse than the church in Corinth. Way, 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 way worse than, than the church in Galatia. Because today you have millions and millions of so-called born-again believers who are denying that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Come on, this is crazy. You have many in this very country called America that are trying to fit the age, you know, saying, well, you know, this is, you know, 2020, 2021, we can't do it like they used to. No, the Bible doesn't change. The Bible doesn't change. You do not take the Bible and make it fit the age, okay? The age has to fit the Bible. Not the other way around. How many got that? Put your hands up high. We have to take the Bible and let the Bible... Fix the age. Fix the, the problem we are having today. Not saying, well, this is 2021, so let's kind of have to, you know, maybe we have to change the Bible. So the No, 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 no way. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, he starts by, oh, foolish Galatians. Imagine calling a people that foolish Galatians. Who have bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. Or clearly set forth crucified among you. This only what I learned of you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Are you so so foolish having begun in the spirit that now you are made perfect by the flesh? What, What is that? Legalism. They went from walking in the spirit to walking in the flesh. Simple. You got a lot, a lot of people doing that now. And worse than that. Even denying the Lord himself. Alright. The answer now. Let's begin looking at the beautiful side. Okay, I just gave you all kinds of things to look at. Not all good news exactly. But there is good news. There is great news, in fact. On The answer is in the Word of God. And here's how we start. Here's how we start. Let's go to 1 John. In 1 John chapter 1, we have the most remarkable uh, revelation about this that many of us just read and don't even understand. It says this, beginning at verse 6. That's 1 John, Epistle of John, 1 John. 
chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, pay very close attention to what I'm going to tell you here. Two things that he talks about. Truth and light. He says in verse 6, If we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we are living a lie. And we do not know the truth. We're not practicing. That word do means we're not practicing truth. Practicing truth. Say all of you this word after me. Practicing truth. Practicing truth. Because truth has to grow. Truth has to grow. The Bible tells us to live in present truth. Here's what that means. Almost 50 years ago, I got saved. I heard great messages back in the 70s. I cannot live today on the truth of the past. I cannot survive today on what I heard in the 70s. I have to live in the truth God shows me now. Not the truth God showed me then. If you get that, put your hands up high. I can see you on the screen. And you sweet people, God can see your hand. Okay. So, walk in present truth, number one. Present truth means truth that has grown with you. Truth that increased. You've been practicing truth, just like the Bible says. Number two, if we walk in the light. He didn't say if we walked, past tense. He says if we walk in the light as he's in the light. Then we have fellowship with the Lord and with each other. And then the blood of Jesus is cleansing us because we are walking in truth and light. So, as I live the Christian life, God reveals more light to me. In other words, as I read the Bible today. Okay, when I read the Bible back in 1973, I didn't really get it back then. I understood it some, of course. But I didn't really understand the whole counsel of God when I got saved. I was only 19 years old. Now I'm, I'm almost 70. Today I can, I can explain the Bible to you with beauty and clarity because I know it now. I didn't know it then. I knew some of it then. I read, you know, portions I understood and portions I did not understand when I was 19 or 20 or 21 even. Even when I began preaching, my knowledge of God's word was limited even when I began preaching. I had one message back then, only one, the Holy Spirit. But God revealed more to me as I grew in the Lord. As I grew in the knowledge of the Lord. So I am to walk today. In the truth I am receiving today. 
Not the truth I got then. It doesn't help me today. I need it now. I need the present truth now. So it says walk in present truth, not in past truth. Number two, walk in present light. What is present light? Revelation truth. Walk in the light as he is in the light. We are to walk in present light. So we, God's people, we receive more light and truth as we read the Bible, walk with the Lord, we keep receiving more light and more truth. Now God requires us to walk in that greater truth, in that greater light. That's the secret to developing a strong Christian life that will not weaken down the road. That will not collapse down the road. So God spoke, God spoke to Saul when he started, but he did not speak to, to, to him after he began messing up. And Saul was trying to survive on what he heard when he became king. It didn't keep him. Later, he, he ended up looking for a witch to talk to him. Samson, the same thing. Samson was, was actually listening to all these women that, that, that he liked. And then Delilah destroyed him. He didn't hear God. He heard God when he started. But he didn't hear God later. He was too occupied with all those girls. That's just a fact. Now, the Bible says very clearly that we are to walk in the light we receive today, in the truth we receive today, not what happened years ago. Not what God said to us years ago. So, we receive, we increase it, we maintain it. I repeat, if you want to finish right, you receive it, now you increase it today. What, what, what you received when you got saved or when you were young, now has to increase. You increase what you, you have received. You don't dismiss what you've received. Hear me well. You don't dismiss what happened in the past. You don't dismiss what God said in the past. It's still a part of your life. You, inc- you build on it. You increase it. And as you increase it, you maintain it. You maintain it. Okay? Now, I'm going to stop because my time is up for those who are with me daily. I'm going to pray right now and then we're going to continue tomorrow for those who are with me daily. I want to continue now with the class. So Lord, in Jesus' name, use this message, what, I, what I've said now and what I'll say tomorrow to those watching on all the platforms, that they will all finish well in Jesus' name. Let me hear an amen. Okay. Now you on the other platforms, I'll be with you tomorrow. It's time to give now, okay? I want you to give to the Lord so He can bless your life. So you, you know what to do now. You can go to our, to our platform You can give online, you can go to our website, you can do it on your phone, you can text it, 
BHM45777. All right. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.